Hello and welcome to Middle East Matters. I'm Julia Kim. Coming up on the show this week. The United Arab Emirates and Israel sign a historic free trade agreement building on 2020's US-brokered normalization of ties. It's Israel's first such agreement with an Arab country. From protesters to parliamentarians, 13 MPs from Lebanon's reform movement sit down to their first session in parliament, but they face enormous challenges in fighting the entrenched ruling parties. And Swedish-Egyptian director Tarek Saleh wins best screenplay at the Cannes Film Festival for Boy From Heaven. The spy thriller challenges the corruption of church and state in Egypt. But first, Israel has signed a free trade deal with the United Arab Emirates, its first with an Arab country. The historic pact builds on their normalization of ties from back in 2020. But it comes at a time of heightened tension between the Jewish states and Palestinians. The signing follows the death of Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh by Israeli sniper fire, as well as an annual march of ultra-nationalist Jews in Jerusalem's Old City on Sunday. France 24's Shirley Sitbon reports. Israel's foreign minister tweeting in Arabic, the United Arab Emirates ambassador to Israel posting in Hebrew, hailing what they call a historic trade deal that would bring growth, cooperation and bigger dreams. Since they normalized relations in 2020, trade was boosted. Now tariffs will be eliminated on 96% of goods, which is meant to bring growth to both countries and lower prices. Israel would export tech products, diamonds, fruit and vegetables. The UAE, construction material, aluminium, steel and jewelry. The target is an annual $10 billion of bilateral trade far more than Israel's longtime Arab ally, Egypt. The real goal, though, is not bilateral trade, but using the UAE as a hub for thousands of Israeli companies hoping to reach markets in the larger region and across Asia. Historic as it may be, journalists were not able to cover the event. Initially invited, they were banned from attending. The signing comes at a time of heightened tensions between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. On Sunday, Israeli activists marched through Jerusalem and the UAE condemned what it called the storming of the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound, also known as Temple Mount, the most sacred site in Judaism. Palestinians had criticized the normalization of ties with Israel, the UAE, saying it hopes dialogue and trade will bring peace. Lebanon's newly elected parliament held its first session this week. Among the 128 MPs are 13 independent newcomers who'd won seats in May 15th's election. Now, despite being split on a range of issues, they're determined to dismantle what they describe as the corrupt ruling class from the inside. France 24's reporters in Beirut met with two of these new lawmakers. Newly elected member of the Lebanese parliament, Mark Dow, is preparing his files. This 43-year-old publicist won the elections alongside 12 other independent deputies who emerged from Lebanon's October 2019 uprising. Since he was elected, Mark has been holding consecutive meetings in Beirut. He considers that there is no time to waste in the crisis-hit country. 
Everyone agrees that the first issue we should work on is a response to the economic and financial crisis in Lebanon. This requires four or five bills to be discussed and passed, including a bill for capital control, another for restructuring the banking sector and lifting bank secrecy, among others. All these bills will ensure more economic stability. Mark will not only work with the new alternative deputies, but also with traditional ones who have been challenged by protesters, yet were re-elected for a new term. Many people chose to vote for alternative candidates who were part of the October 2019 uprising. Others opted to re-elect traditional figures. Our job will be to revive state institutions in coordination with the traditional forces. However, this does not mean that we will make compromises. Lies Jaradi is a 55-year-old ophthalmologist who also won the elections. This new deputy has promised to continue to exercise his profession while devoting his time to public service. One of the reasons I decided to run in the election was my profession. Being a doctor made me see the depth of Lebanon's crises. I was on the front lines. Laws in Lebanon are not applied, which makes the situation worse. We have to follow our laws so that security and justice prevail in order to help the Lebanese people regain confidence in the system. With several new faces joining the parliament, Lebanon's political landscape may soon change. These deputies present a chance to save the country from its crises. Now, Iranian actress Zah Amir Ebrahimi won Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival for her role in the film Holy Spider. She plays a journalist tracking a serial killer who murders prostitutes in the holy city of Mashhad. Well, in a case of life imitating art, Ibrahimi's character in Holy Spider is the target of lascivious rumours and predatory male behaviour. The actress herself was forced to flee Iran 16 years ago when a sex tape claiming to be of her was leaked online. Ibrahimi now lives in Paris. She says she still loves Iran and its people, even those who destroyed her life. Now, Swedish-Egyptian filmmaker Tarek Saleh took best screenplay at Cannes for Boy from Heaven, a thriller set in Cairo's Al-Azhar Mosque, one of the country's most renowned educational institutions for Sunni Muslims. The film has ruffled feathers, though, in Egypt for its depiction of the power balance between religion and politics. France 24's Selena Sykes takes a look. A gripping exploration of religion and politics in Egypt that will most likely never be shown in the country. Tarek Saleh, who picked up the award for best screenplay at Cannes with his film Boy From Heaven, made light of being called brave for his work, saying his dual national status allows him to talk about subjects that ruffle feathers in Egypt. I have a Swedish passport that I can hide behind, really, you know, but Egyptian artists who tell the truth over and over again and go to prison and then they go out again and tell the truth. I mean, so they are already doing that, but I also want to recognize them. And you know, um, there is a famous Egyptian uh, poet that is unfortunately dead. His name is Ahmed Fouad Negm. He said to me something I never forgot. He said, I love Egypt. I love it so much that I'm willing to tell the truth about it. Five years after his first film, The Nile Hilton Incident, about corruption, which was banned in Egypt, 
Saleh decided to explore another touchy subject in the country, the power struggle between the religious establishment and the state. A boy from heaven follows Adam, a young man from a fishing community who gets a grant to study at the prestigious Al-Azhar University and finds himself caught up in a conspiracy to elect the next grand imam. Real Sheikh Al-Azhar, uh, he's very intelligent and a progressive force. And basically the only man who stands up to Egypt's president. The political thriller has sparked a lot of controversy in Egypt. While political and religious circles have not responded, criticism started to circulate on social media even before the film's first showing. They made a film about Egypt and the actors don't even speak Egyptian. On top of that, it was filmed in Turkey. This famous cinema critic who saw Boy from Heaven at Cannes Film Festival was invited on Egyptian national television to give his take on the film which, according to him, is badly done and is full of historical inaccuracies. Saleh is keen to stress that the film is fictional, saying he married history with how things are today to create a parallel reality. And finally, we end in Iraq, where huge murals are adding bursts of colour around the capital, Baghdad. They're part of an initiative commissioned by the city's mayor to brighten up its streets. Female artist Widjan Al-Majed has been tasked with beautifying Baghdad, but as a woman, she was initially met with resistance from Iraq's largely conservative society. Bringing a burst of colour to Baghdad's concrete jungle. That's Iraqi artist Widjad Al-Majed's mission. She's adding the final touches to a mural of the famed Iraqi poet Muzaffa al-Nawab. It's part of an initiative to bring some of Iraq's heritage to life around the capital. Originally, our history was full of joy and art, but there was a period of stagnation caused by the war and the political situation. But we are trying and aspiring to move forward. Creating street art is a first for Wajad al-Majed whose work would normally be exhibited in galleries. The new venture hasn't come without its challenges in a largely conservative and male-dominated society. People worry because women are not supposed to stay out so late to paint. People also say things that I've learned to live with. Over time, I finally made peace with them and they began to accept me as I began to accept them. They got used to seeing a woman paint. In the space of just a few months, more than 16 murals have emerged on the walls of Baghdad, revamping the capital of a country traumatized by years of war. The idea was to bring beauty to the city and move art to the streets in order to get rid of their grey colour. That's the colour of the dust that's accumulated over the last 40 years due to the devastation and destruction of the country. The initiative has been welcomed by residents who anxiously await the full transformation of their city. Well, that's the end of this edition of Middle East Matters. There's more world news coming up here on France 24. Thanks for watching. They observe. They contact us. They report, film, photograph. They are the voice of the voiceless. Your eyes in the far-flung reaches of the world. The Observers, 
a network of 5,000 committed citizens working with France 24. One of our observers in Côte d'Ivoire, Gaspar... Amateur footage and testimonials checked by our journalists and broadcast weekly on The Observers on France 24 and observers.france24.com. They're known for their cuisine and saying hello with a kiss. They only work 35 hours per week, when they're not on strike, that is. How true are these clichés about France? Every week, Florence Vuminot tears apart stereotypes. Join us for insight into French culture and current events to understand what makes the French so unique. French Connections, presented by Florence Vilmino on France 24 and France24.com.